Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Five minutes past 12 o'clock. Good afternoon. How are you doing? How's your Thursday? Good, good, good. No load shedding. Do we not wish that our president gave the address every single day? It, it, you know, we'd be back to normal. That's all I have to say. Nikki Seberini is so delighted to be with you. And um, this is the DL Link show, of course, where we connect you through insights, information and illumination. And I've got a huge announcement. It's about the DL Link and it's about me. And I'll announce it a little bit later. You'll be able to put a few pieces together, the DL link, the Jerusalem Marathon, and I fit in there somewhere. But that announcement will come a little bit later. So, you know, I came across a fantastic, fantastic article, and um, Muhammad Ali said, I don't count my sit-ups. I only start counting when it starts Hurting. And it's really pushing that, pushing that, pushing that, pushing that envelope, going beyond the comfort zone and seeing what the gift is beyond the comfort zone. So I'm just starting off the show asking you the question, like, how far do you push yourself? How far can you push yourself? Have you pushed yourself? And something we can talk about when we when we speak about the Jerusalem Marathon a little bit later, and something that I've been pondering, because this has to do, obviously, with the announcement I'm going to be making a little bit later, me and a certain Jerusalem Marathon. Um, a few months ago, I was lucky enough to have this man in the studio. Um, I had so many people call me after the show and talk about how moved they were um, by his story, by his outlook. Um, and so we are really, really delighted to have Stephen Brosen back in the studio. Um, you know, we, we spoke about a book that he and his family had written, You Are Here, A Story of Presence. Um, and in line with the... The story of his life, the the little me, the losing your father when you were seven, losing your wife recently, both to brain tumors, and here you are. Stefan, welcome back. Thank you, Nick. It's good great to, to be have back. you. Yeah, it's great to mm, have you back mm, on the good show. To be back. As I said, so many people were like, Wow mm, You know, mm. because it's such a it's a story, it, it touches us in a way. When we talk about cancer and we talk about death, it's an amazing thing. We don't want to go there. Mm-hmm. Steph, we don't want to go there. Mm-hmm. You know, we we live in this world. We we kind of get on with our day every single day. But death is death is there. Mm-hmm. And I actually saw an amazing quote in your book. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a rabbi a rabbi said it. I'll, I'll read it out in a moment when I come across it again. Um, just this idea that that in this lifetime, the people that we love most in the world mm-hmm. will be leaving us. Mm-hmm. Yep. We'll be leaving them. It's an absolute reality, mm-hmm. and yet we we never discuss it. Mm-hmm. We never have these discussions with the people that we love. Mm-hmm. Um, how will it be? What do you believe happens? You know, mm-hmm. these are these mm-hmm. are things, and yet absolutely. this is something that you were forced to do. Yes, right. Yes. You didn't ask for it. Mm-hmm. Um, this was something that happened, and you and your family made a very conscious decision to approach the challenge and the loss that went with it in a in a very conscious way. Yeah. So so last time you spoke about Eckhart Tolle we the, the the power of now how that book changed your life. Yes. Let's just go back to the the, the losing your wife and and Jody's journey and your journey with Jody and how your family was so incredible incredibly present. How did you go from that point of the 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 diagnosis 
the the knowing that that you know this was terminal and and how how do you with your family live in each moment without the terror and loss but with love mm. presence mm. joy gratitude mm. how do you get there I, th- I think that that comes from from my original experience as a little child having lost my father at a very young age and being consumed by that little me that mind and I saw the pain that that caused me, uh, caused the people around me. And that little me that was always fearful, always scared, um, always nervous of the next tumor. And I saw that there was always a level of anxiety that I had. And now I was an adult. I was 49 years old. I was married. I had four children. And I didn't want my kids to go through that same type of anxiety, that same fear that anything could happen that can affect their lives, that that things can happen. But what you've actually got to do, you've got to grow from experiences. Experiences, instead of being fearful and and not leaning into them, you need to lean into them. You need to embrace them. You need to grow. And I think you also need to value what you have because a lot of us don't do that. We don't realize that we are uh, blessed and we have each and every second is a, is, is a critical part of our lives and we don't embrace it. We have this little me that's always taking you out of the moment, putting you into the past or the future, and you lose that, that, that value of what you have. And here, my wife who was sick, I knew time was limited. I knew that instead of being fearful of the whole experience, these could actually be beautiful moments that my kids could actually experience um, with their mom, with each other. But they had to get in touch with the big me, the mm-hmm. consciousness, mm-hmm. the moment. Mm-hmm. And I think also, as you know, you spoke about death. Death's a great teacher. I think mean, people who understand death realize the impermanence of everything. And, and when you understand that, you value each moment. Uh, you value what you have standing in front of you because you know nothing is forever. So when you look at anything or, or hear anything, you realize that you're never going to experience this again. So, so give it the value. Give it the attention. Give it the consciousness that it actually rightfully deserves because never again are you going to really experience this. Hmm, love it. Let's take a break, Stefan. We're going to go... A lot deeper into that, so please stay with us. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Welcome back. If you've just joined us, I've got Stephen Brosen in the studio. Um, he's sharing his story with us. He's talking about his book that he wrote with his family um, about their experience of of um, losing their mother, Stephen losing his wife. You are here, a story of presence. And just before Stephen, we d- just talking about the, 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 you know, using Eckhart Tolle's title, the, the power of now, the power of the, the truly being in the moment. So the idea of the impermanence, the idea that nothing stays the same, brings a lot of suffering to many, many, many people. That things change, and when things are bad, it's a good thing that it changes. But very often we're just predicting, we're projecting mm. into this future fearfully that, that it'll change. And, and so there's the value of being in this present moment. Mm. Mm. How did that, 
the comfort of the now because in mm. this moment everything is perfect mm. everything's exactly. fine in this exactly. moment right moment exactly. by moment by moment mm. but mm. then the reality rises you you talk about leaning into it you talk about accepting things the reality rises you, your wife is is terminally ill mm. you have four children She's she's not going to stay around for that much longer. Mm. That is the reality. You talk about the little you and you talk about the big you, your mm. consciousness, mm. and that's what you wanted your kids to connect yes. to. But when the little you kept rising, of but this isn't right, mm. this isn't fair. Mm. This is. Did did you look at God? Why God? Did you? Do you know mm. what I'm talking mm. about? When sure. you when you start screaming and shouting mm. and fighting against what mm. the reality mm. had presented. Mm. I think it's a, ton, a total conflict all the time. You know, you've all everybody's got this little me and this big me, and this little me is the fearful side. And it's, I, I like to call it sort of like, you know, the overactive mind. It actually takes you out of the moment and makes you think about the past and the future. We've all got that, and it's a constant fight to see who's actually going to prevail. Is the little me going to prevail, or is the big me going to prevail? And when my kids, I, I, when Jody was diagnosed and we picked up that, that first week, I was totally consumed by the little me. I did... Um, you know, I was angry, I was sad, I was fearful, I couldn't sleep. The little me totally consumed me. But when we were in the hospital and we were waiting uh, for Jody to do the, the operation and I took my kids outside and I knew this was the moment where I was going to guide them in actually trying to use their higher conscious big me side. Now, you can't use it all the time and you slip often into that little me side. But the idea is to, to, to tap back into the bigger me. And that happens, you know, for example, what came to mind is my daughter, Ella, when she, she loved being with Jody. It wasn't like she was fearful. There were times, obviously, she was fearful she's going to lose her mother. But when she had to help her mom in the shower... She wasn't anxious about it. She got in there. She held her. She loved her. She smiled. She giggled. They laughed. They had fun. When they were hugging her and she was brushing her teeth, they were, that moment was all that counted. Mm. They were just embracing what was there. Their mother, the love, them. Just that unit. Now that little me could have said, look, you know, mom's going to pass away soon, so don't enjoy this moment. Don't grab it. You know, it's going to, 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 you're not going to have it again. But instead, they leaned into that moment. They grabbed that moment. When we're sitting and having supper, it was, wow, you know, we're sitting with mom. We're listening to what mom's got to say. We, we're hearing her. She's, she's funny. Look what she's eating. Let's listen to her best songs. We actually grabbed what was there. Mm. And that, that is a constant struggle all the time because that little me will constantly try to take you to, oh, no, you've got a limited amount of time. You've got a treatment tomorrow. How long will mom be here? But then you actually lose the beauty of what's right here in front of you. And that's where you have to try bring yourself back. And it's, it's a lifetime journey to bring yourself back into that, mm. into that moment. Mm. Yeah, as I explained to people, it's not like I'm present or conscious 24 hours a day. I may be conscious for two, three hours a day. The rest of the time, probably the little me has consumed me and I'm thinking about work and I'm thinking about the kids and I'm thinking where I need to be. But then I catch myself and I say, look, 
I'm here. I'm in the radio station. I'm talking. There's space between you and me. I bring myself here. I'm conscious. This is a great moment. That stuff will take care of itself when it needs to take care of itself. Mm, mm, love that. As, as soon as you get lost in the little me, you're away. Mm. When you're not, you're in the moment. Mm. So neuroplasticity tells us that mm. this brain of ours mm. is malleable, mm. that it's changing, that mm. it's rewiring itself all the time. Mm. So you, it becomes a habit. It's, it's, it's almost like you rewire your brain. Mm. Every time you bring yourself mm. to this present moment, mm. you consciously are in the present moment on purpose mm. without the judgment because the judgment takes you away, mm. which is mindfulness that we're going to be talking about. You rewire the brain. So, yeah, mm. while you're lost in mm. thought, Mm. The parts of your brain that are more developed That help you controlling your emotions And your reactions And that's what I find so interesting, Stefan Is that mm. you've, you've, you live it mm. You know, you, you understand it mm. And you've passed it on to your children mm. And mm. it was an in- incredible Almost gift that they had You know, and, and being introduced to um, During a very, very, very difficult time yes. So the you are here and the writing the book. Mm. When when did you make the decision to write the book? Because it was something you wrote with your with, with your my kids. kids right? Yes, I think you know after Jody passed away, uh, my kids said to me, "Dad, you know, wow, you know, you've lost your dad to a tumor. You now lost mommy to a tumor. There's something in that." Uh, and I'd been for years pushing presents, and um, my daughter Abby who actually came up with the name of the book, we were talking about the tombstone for Jody, And I said, listen, I want to put something special on the tombstone. You know, that explains mom. Uh, what do you guys think we should put there? And she said, let's put you are here. Because Jody was here. Jody was present. Jody was with us. We felt her presence. She wasn't anxious. She wasn't in the future. She wasn't in the past. She embraced her five months. So Abby said, listen, let's put you are here on the tombstone. So the whole theme for the family started to be this presence that Jody had taught us in the last six months, something I'd been working on for the last 15 years. And things just started to, 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 to develop. Then my kids said, listen, let's, you know, put a, maybe a book about our experience together. I had a friend who uh, I knew from school uh, who could help with the whole story. I met him. He was a logotherapist. I explained him the whole story of presence and adversity that we've gone to and how we've embraced it. And together we started working on it and he, you know, met with the kids and met with me and we put it together and slowly, slowly, I think what it's done is it, it's as opposed to sort of just understanding mindfulness, it's, it's given a practical example of how you can actually apply mindfulness in, in day to day living as well in adversity that actually helps you have some form of, of serenity and peace. Love that. A break and let's let's explore mindfulness. Let's go there. Lots of people are talking about it. What is it, mm. and how? Again, in, in during adversity, how we use it. We'll be right back. IFM one hundred and one point nine megahertz of life. 
Thank you so much for staying with us. I'm Nikki Seberini. This is 101.9 High FM, and uh, you're listening to the DR Link Show, where we connect you through insights, information, and illumination. Stephen Brosen in the studio. We're talking about You Are Here, a story of presence. Stephen's story of finding the power of now um, from being the little me, anxious, lost in thought, lost in past, projecting into future, and learning that that everything is here, that in this moment, everything is absolutely, absolutely fine. So, Stephen, before the break, you, you spoke about mindfulness. Mm. So, I mean, people are talking about mindfulness. A lot of people are practicing li- mindfulness. But for those who are listening right now, for you, what, what is mindfulness? I think for me, mindfulness is, is, is actual presence, conscious presence. It's, it's almost slipping out of the mind, the egoic mind that wants to take you to the future or to the past and bringing yourself back to your actual higher self, your conscious presence, which is your eternal self, um, and connecting with that as opposed to a more physical egoic mind that, that competes with that higher consciousness and and wants to take you out of of the moment. So it's a consciousness. It's a, a connection with your higher self. It's it's almost a connection with your soul, uh, on 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 a higher level. So when you say that, mm. so so you are consciously bringing yourself to this moment. Mm. So you're saying that the egoic mind, the little me that mm. you talk about, with yeah. all the thoughts and I am and mm. I need this and you are that and the separation and everything mm. that goes with it. Mm. You're saying that as soon as you're in that present moment, you silent that mm. and you connect with a higher self. Exactly. Okay. Are you aware when you're in the moment that you're connecting with the higher self or is it just being in the presence, in the mm. moment? Without the thoughts coming in that you're connected For you, your experience of that My experience is when you're in the moment You almost feel a sense of peace You actually feel one with the universe With what's around you So there's, a, there's definitely a level of, of peace you, you can intellectualize being in the moment But you've actually lost it then Being in the now you actually feel the sense of calmness coming down. You just feel a, a sense of, you know, peace coming through. You, I, I often give the example of, 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 of looking at cars on, on a highway going through, and that's your mind. And there's hundreds of cars going by all the time, and you're sitting there watching the cars going by, and occasionally you see a sort of a red taxi shooting by, and those are your thoughts, and you jump onto this red taxi that's gone past, and your thought takes you on this this red taxi, you follow it, but it's just a thought, and you've actually lost uh, the, the value of where you actually are. So when you actually are present, you feel connected, you feel that peace, you're not somewhere else. And there's a great sort of feeling and value to that that mm. comes over you. Mm. So is, uh, do you have a technique that you use? I know with, mm. with you know, a lot of mindfulness mm. practitioners talk about um, anchoring in the finding something that you anchor with in this moment. What do, what do you mm. use? Mm. I think the best way to use is your actual senses. You know, God gave you these amazing five senses and if you start to use these senses and become a conscious of these senses, you, you become more mindful. So everyone talks about the breath. So just taking three conscious breaths, breathing in, breathing out, breathing in, breathing out, breathing in, 
breathing out. Just doing that will help you still the mind on some level. So breathing is a fantastic tool. So when your mind's starting to wonder and your big me, and it did happen with Jody numerous times and all the time where thoughts were going through my head, I, I would have to say to myself, just take three conscious breaths. Or suddenly, what are, where are you? Feel, feel Feeling like I'm sitting in the chair now. I'm sitting in the car. How does it feel to sit in the car? Um, is it comfortable? Those type of things. Can I feel the steering wheel? Uh, so using touch as a, as a tool to bring you into the moment. Sometimes when I, I get stuck at a robot, instead of my head racing and chasing, where should I be? Why am I late? This is going to happen. I suddenly just stop and say, listen, feel the, the steering wheel. Look at the robot, the red light. Wow, I can see the red light. That's an amazing gift. How do I actually feel inside? Wow, I can feel I'm a little bit anxious. Okay, I'm a little bit anxious. But I can feel, I can see the sounds around me. You can sit down in a chair and just stop for a second when your mind is racing. Just what are the sounds I can hear? Okay, those tools, I find the senses are fantastic ways to actually ground you. Mm. Mm. I love the way you explained that. Mm. I'm sure there are people, because people argue with this being in the Mm. present moment. Mm. I've had people say it's impossible, Mm. nonsense, you Mm. can't, you've got to plan, you've got Mm. to look Mm. at the part, you've got to. So what you're describing sounds as if it would take ages. It Mm. sounds as if it's a bubble in your life that you've Mm. got to have this time to do. And people are going to say, well, I don't have that time. Mm-hmm. Is it like that, Stephen? Or is this something you just you just introduce while you're driving, Absolutely. while you're sitting, while you're doing whatever? Yeah, I think that's the secret about it. I think if you're driving right now, be mindful of driving. Feel the steering wheel. Doesn't in your have hand. to take time. No, it, do, it doesn't. Actually, mindfulness is twenty hours a day, all the time. While you're in bed, lying in bed, appreciate the pillow that you're lying on, mm. the mattress that you're sleeping on, the blanket that's over you. If you're standing outside right now, wherever you are, feel the wind against your face. If you're eating something, taste the food, smell the food. At dinner table tonight when you're with the kids or if you're eating lunch now, you know, just feel the fork in your hand. What does it feel like? Does it feel cold? Is it smooth? As the food comes into your mouth, does it feel soft? Does it, you know, promote saliva in your mouth? All of these type of things are ways of bringing you into the moment. And it's, you can do it all the time. I mean, I try to do it with my kids, you know, when we're having dinner. And she'll say to listen, how does the, the steak taste? Does it taste soft? Does it taste hard? Get them into the moment as opposed to somewhere else. Mm. And that's what it's all about. I mean, when you actually appreciate what you're eating, it's the most Beautiful, beautiful thing. Mm. And we are blessed. We've got these senses, these five senses that we've got. When you're in front of somebody and you're able to say, wow, I can see this person. You know, I can see the color of her hair, her eyes, the whole story. Wow. You actually start to feel a lot better about yourself and the person in front of you also because they realize you're giving 100% of your attention to that person. Mm. And that's an amazing gift to you and to that person. Yeah, it really, really is. Mm. And as I stressed a little bit earlier is that it, your brain rewires as mm. in every time you 
find yourself lost in the thought and you bring yourself back. Every time you do that, you, you, you're lighting up a new pathway until it becomes a habit to do that. So you're probably a lot more used to it. So I think it's important for people who are listening that, you know, maybe it doesn't, maybe just, a couple of times during the day, if you catch yourself lost in thought mm-hmm. and you bring yourself, that's good. Every time you do it, it's not a failure. It's a victory exactly. because just being aware and bringing yourself back is part of part of this training. Mm-hmm. So with mindfulness, there's this formal and informal. So you're talking about the informal, mm-hmm. the really integrating it into your everyday Absolutely. life. And the more formal is meditation. It's almost like going to gym mm-hmm. and, and meditating. Mm-hmm. Do you practice meditation or I, are you just I, introducing it in this way? I do. I do meditate a little bit because sometimes, you know, when you come home from work and your mind is full and I actually just need to slow it down, I will sit and breathe for, for five, ten minutes. And I even remember when Jody was sick, I would also sometimes, there was just too much going on in my head that I would just need to sit there and breathe. But I believe in bringing it in everyday sort of events. Integrating it as Integrate part it. of, yeah. yeah. If, you know, as I walked here into the, to the radio station, it was walking up the stairs. Just be conscious of the stairs that I'm walking up, mm. the space of the stairs. Mm. Um, there was the sun shining, looking at the sun shining because my head was starting to run and to move. And, and so you constantly bring it, you know, into, into your life. When I go into a meeting often and I'm feeling a little bit anxious, I will just say, look, let's just feel that anxiety inside my body. Let me just take a conscious breath before I actually go into the meeting, you know, and just actually bring myself into presence. So I'm saying that you can do it everywhere. If you're actually on the computer and you tape, you know, typing away, feel the keys in mm. front of you. If you're picking up the phone, you know, feel what the phone hold, feels like. When you're talking to someone, realize you've got the gift of a voice and give that person the full attention. Mm. I, I love and I, I do want to go back to what you said about when you feel, when you're conscious, mm. when you're aware, when you're in the moment, you're not lost in the thought and the the movie, um, you, you feel the feeling. But a lot of us don't like the anxious feeling. Mm. We don't like that horrible, mm. tight feeling in our mm. stomach or in our chest. Mm. Are you saying that this is something that you use, and I'm sure with your kids as well, mm. many, many times when that anxious, mm. that feeling of loss, that mm. feeling of desperation, the resistance, or, because the feeling is there. So are you saying just allow that feeling to be? Absolutely. I think You recognize it. Very much. I think that was one of the biggest things of the little me versus the big me. Okay. The little me was always running away from the feeling. Right. It wasn't it? Acknowledging it. When, when Jody got sick, there were numerous times, and I can almost remember for, for the year after that she was sick, I would suddenly just feel this enormous sadness when I was driving, and I would stop the car, and I would just let it all out. I would cry. I would feel it. Yeah. I would absolutely feel okay. it. It's I would embrace it. In the middle of the night, uh, I used to often wake up in the middle of the night anxious, and then I would say, where's the anxiety? Let me sit up in my bed. It's there. Instead of trying to you know, switch my mind onto something else, I would say, okay, let me just embrace it. Let me nurture that anxiety. It's like a pain. It needs a healing. Just mm. give it conscious. Turn towards it. Turn, turn towards, towards it. it. Observe it. Help it. Be the big me for the little me. 
mm. in a way. Mm. That's what you're doing. Seven, so valuable. Thank mm. you for that. We do run away from our feelings, mm. and it is part of the egoic self, the little self, mm. um, and because we're scared that if we face it, the monster can come out or God knows what. So we, we, and we have to pretend that everything's okay. I think that's such an important message. The presence, the allowing the feeling, the being there and being grateful for this moment. And I'll keep saying it because in this moment, everything is perfectly as it should be. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you for coming in. Wow. Such important messages. And you know, your children, as I said, the gift and they'll be passing it on. And you've started a legacy. So in this book, it's the legacy. It's Jody. It's you. It's your kids. And sure, how many people are going to benefit from that? So thanks, Stefan. Yeah, great to be here. You Thank are you. here. A story of presence. Where can people get the book? Uh, they can get it either downloaded via Amazon mm-hmm. or they can go to Colel, okay. uh, where it is. Uh, it will hopefully be available exclusive in probably a month or two. Okay. But currently it's at the Colel and not via Amazon. Fantastic. Stephen Brosen, pleasure having you in the studio. Thank you for imparting personal story and the wisdoms and the insights that came from the struggle. So thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks so much. 101.9 Chai FM. Wow. So there it is. You are here. A story of presence. Um, Stephen Brosen sharing his story. So I said that there's an announcement coming up. I'm making announcement. It has to do with DL Link, Jerusalem Marathon, me. You know, just put the pieces together and we'll get there soon. But we're going to be continuing, you know, uh, around Johannesburg. And it's not just Johannesburg because it has spread all over the world. And it started off with a, a chalabek years ago with someone who had um, an insight and someone who wanted to do something that really, really counted. And little did she know that when she did it, it would more and more people would use the idea of the chalabek um, and it would be something that people all over the world do it. And she's an incredible, incredible person. She's a very busy person. And so we are so delighted to have um, I'm Robin Schmuckler in the studio, who is a deal link angel, um, and it's it's great to have her. Rob, hello. Hello. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. A huge honor to be here. It's a huge honor. Show. It's a huge honor to have you on the show. Thank you. You have a relationship with the Goodman family that goes back a long way. Very long. Tell us. Um, it's actually amazing. Um, I get um, emotional thinking about our connection with the Goodmans. But um, Michelle, who I'm sure everyone knows, who, who started the Dell Link, she has a daughter, Dina, who lives in L.A., in America. And Dina and I were in the twos together from nursery school. And we just had an unbelievable bond, a, mm. a huge connection our whole lives. Um, I then moved schools. Dina moved schools. Uh, we lost touch for a few years, and then we reconnected again. And now we just have this incredible bond that, um, yeah, so unfortunately when Devorele was diagnosed, Tina called me and she said, I feel so far away from my family. Can you just reach out for me and drop flowers or just see that they're okay? And um, that's how it started. Um, that day I just arrived at the Goodman's house and said, what do you need? I'm here. Um, and we started quite a profound journey of trying to heal Devorele, of just support and love. And yeah, and and the whole concept of the DL link, of the link, of the support, of the being there, started started then. You know, it was something that she wanted, um, and Michelle then 
breathe life into it, which she normally does, and created something incredibly magical. But going back to that time, with the, the, the birth of the idea of dealing, what what do you remember about that? Um, I just remember which um, what I actually was thinking when when Michelle asked me to come speak on the show is the word natan in Hebrew means give, mm-hmm. and it's a palindrome. So it's um, even in English it's n a t a n, and it's read the same forwards and backwards. And in that kind of giving, you're not really sure who's the giver and who's the receiver. Because um, Michelle often and her family still, like, thank me for just being there at that time. But I was like, why are you thanking me? The amount that they gave me or the amount of, like, courage, lessons, um, just what I learned from them. And as you say, how did, you know, Michelle make the connection to the Dale Link? Is she was there the whole time through that process um, just looking how she could bring more light into the world. I like remember every single day, what more can we do to bring light, to bring healing, to bring hmm. blessing for others? Hmm. Um, and also she realized that then in a personal way of how much it helped her in the way people could reach out to her. And she was like, I want to be that for others. So uh, I believe that's um, Michelle's just her personality and her way of always looking to to be there for others and to bring light to others in the world. So true, Rob, so true. We're going to take a break after the break. The Chalabek, the famous Chalabek, and we have the the, the, the founder of, of the Chalabek, very, very humble. But um, after the break, we'll be right back. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. Welcome back to the DL Link Show where we connect you through insights, information and illumination. We have the wonderful Robin Schmuckley in the studio, DL Link Angel. Um, Rob, um, just before um, the break, I, I mentioned the, the, the Chalabek. Um, and the Chalabek is something that started here and it started because of you and because you had this insight about, you know, with Devorah Leia, with her fighting, with this whole journey. Just how, how was that born? Um, so it's actually funny. I remember the day and I remember the moment sitting yeah. in the Goodman Garden. Um, so Shifi, one of Michelle's daughters, her and I used to mobilize the community in whichever way we can. Let's do our main party. Let's do this. Let's go hand out food and devourlays, like just to bring her energy. And I remember sitting there that day and she was like, Rob, we need to do something more. We, we like, you know, Devorah needs, needs more light. Mm. So as I was sitting there, I received a message on my phone from a friend who the night before had asked 40 women, actually the week before had asked 40 women to bake challah for her, which is a well-known idea when 40, hap- the, the number 40 is very symbolic of completion, of transcendence. So she had asked 40 women to bake challah for her. And while I was sitting there with Shifi, I got a message to say, Mazel Tov, I'm engaged. Thank you to everyone who baked challah for me. So I ah. remember the moment of saying, this is it. This if, is it. If the power of 40 women, imagine 400 women. And we started laughing. Like, what happens if 398 women reply? Or what happens if 401? <laughs> it became, we were like, this is laughable. How do you get 400 women to bake challah together? And I was like, no, no, I'm serious. I think we could pull this off. We could get 400 women. Um, and then it was like we started laughing more, but like where would you do something like this and how does it even work? Ovens and this and that and that. And we started like bashing it out and saying this could really happen and just working out the logistics and making it happen. Um, Gary Friedman gave us the HOD hall and in the end we had close to 600 women who mm. arrived. Mm. We called it a night of light. Mm. Um, and although it was, you know, a difficult situation, 
I don't think anyone left that night the same as they walked in. Um, there was just so much soul there, so much light. We also did it in the, the period before Tisha B'Av, which is known as the darkest time in the Jewish calendar. And we just, the whole night was about light. It was just candles and singing and connection. And, and we baked challah. And, um, yeah, I think it was the, the following year that the Shabbos project started. Um, and yeah, connected with my friend Lawrence, um, from Mama. And we started working on closing roads and getting thousands of women together, which then went international. Hmm. But it was, yeah, that little spark of sitting in the Power. garden and just saying, mm. how much, how can we bring more light? Mm. And, and, and let's talk about challah. Like, what, what is it? What, what's so important about challah? It's a great question because um, some people think it's a magic potion and others think it's depressing. Um, like I think it's delicious. Just <laughs> no, I'm saying some people, like as soon as they hear there's a halibut, they're like, who's sick? You know, so okay, what's also beautiful right. is that we can come together in energy. And when you say wahala, it's actually in the Torah like written there that our blessing comes into our home through the bread hmm. um, th- we can go and do another show on the significance but challah is the one thing that can sustain humans but it's also a very direct partnership of man and God without the wheat you've got nothing and without your human intervention you have nothing and that's really what we're doing here it's to partner with God in, in creating um, and also to uplift the, the mundane, challah is the most mundane food you can have, it's it's so regular, flour, water, eggs. But imagine all the blessings come through our home in that way, and it's just how we can uplift every mundane thing into something holy and spiritual. Hmm. Well, it carries on because you just turned 40. Happy, happy, happy birthday. Thank you. And your friends did an incredible thing. Yeah, so I think my friend didn't realize what she was doing. Um, she just had an idea. Um she asked me not to mention her name, but she's very, very special. And she decided she's going to get people to commit to sponsor 40 weeks of Hullers for the Dale Link. Um, so I think she didn't expect anything that 40 unfolded. 40 weeks, weeks of, of Hullers. Because she knew the 40, the, the symbolism. And the beauty of what the Dale Link does is when you get that challah homemade on a Friday and you're just feeling vulnerable and alone and maybe afraid. It's it's like a loaf of love. We mm. call them loaves of love. Mm. And I think that's in essence what it is. You just get this like deliciousness with all the blessings. So she decided to do that. She contacted Michelle who she as thought was maybe a stranger to me. <laughs> Michelle <laughs> Michelle couldn't have um, been more moved by, by that gesture and she was like wow. Um Maybe Michelle will elaborate, but I arrived um, last Friday afternoon. Um, very special friends threw me this pre-Shabbos L'chaim. And I, I got, I walked into the challah, the size of like the, the dining room table, which oh. was braided out of balloons. I'll show you a picture. I actually oh, wanted to bring wow, it. Yeah. Um, and I was like, what is that? It's like this, and in lumo colors with like brown strands. I was like, and they were like, it's a challah for you. And I was like, wow. And then they gave me this note. And I think nothing could have prepared me for, for reading this gift certificate from the Dale Link to say that my friends had sponsored 40 weeks of Hullers. Wow. Um, I just, I, I was started crying. I was like mm. hysterical mm. and I felt like as I started with Natan. Natan. Wh- who's giving and who's receiving here? We sat there for Zavorilea. I think it was 11 years ago. Um, I said 40 women, 400 women, and then on your 40th birthday for that whole cycle to come back to you. And exactly with the Dale link and the number 40, 
it was just like an incredible and profound moment. Mm. And what, what really, what I see in that is that when you are in line with the, what we should be doing, giving, being compassionate, being kind, being of service to others, you, you kind of in that flow, you know, that something like this would happen is as it should be. Which yeah. is, which is just incredible. Yeah, yes. Robin, thank you. Don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. We're going to have a break and, um, Lana Jacobson's in the studio. We love it when Lana joins us because Lana knows the power of on a Friday getting that delicious hot challah, um, and just how, how wonderfully healing it is. And Estelle is in the studio as well and she's also going to Lizette, be sharing that. Lizette. So we're going to take a break and, um, yeah, more challah. Yum, yum. Stay with us. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Thank you so much for staying with us. Um, um, I've got a Estelle Maldo said um, once after um, these are her words. She said, "Arrived back from chemo, sleeping off the effects at my mom. Best feeling ever. The doorbell goes, and Deal Link delivered challah and supper." Love you guys. And these are, these are the things that the DL link does. Um, and it's challah and it's a meal and maybe challah and a meal is a small thing for you. And when you've been, um, busy and you've been in hospital or you've been receiving treatment and you come home and there the challah and the meal is, it's the world. It's absolutely everything. So Ilana, hello. Hi. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. You always look gorgeous. Oh, please. You always look amazing. I can't believe it. (laughs) No, you do, you do. Are you well? I'm okay, thank you. <laughs> so you know what it's like to come home and have the meal in the challah? You know, um, Dear Link stands for me, to me, for doing love. Mm. And the, the fact that they for, never forget anybody and that bell ringing and them coming to the door with food, it means more than filling your belly with food. It's actually symbolic and it's spiritual and it's a beautiful, well, Dear Link is such a positive, it's doing love. Yeah, doing so love. You're remembered, it. you're held, you're loved, you're supported, you're all of forgotten. those. You aren't never forgotten. forgotten. No matter how many people there are who join, there's, oh, you are never forgotten. Mm. And, um, yeah, I can't tell you enough about Dear Link. I could go on and on. Oh, you can go on and on. Lance, I always bring up every time you come into the studio, the first time I interviewed you, and you shared how Gabby knocked on the door. The deal link were notified that you had cancer. It was Gabby who came to the door and you were not interested. You just were not interested. You didn't, you, just who were these people? And this was your personal life. And that's how you were in the beginning until you opened the door. And as you said, you opened the more, the door to this doing love. Well, if no Gabby Joseph, there's no Lana Jacobs. <laughs> wow. And Gabby came to my door, took out a bag. And he started saying, this is from Dear Link, this is from Dear Link, this is from Dear Link, this is, I didn't know Dear Link, nothing, this is, um, who's this lunatic, I thought. Well, let me tell you, this lunatic, this lunatic is one of the best human beings yes, I know. Yeah. And uh, that smiling little face of his just keeps one laughing and carrying on and yeah, carrying on. You. Absolutely. And we've got one of the Khala bakers here in the studio, Luzette Martin. Yeah, Luzette, hi. hello. So Hi. you make colors. 
Yes. You every week you bake colors for for the DR Link. I do. It started off um, a friend of mine's daughter was ill, and I'd taken on to start making colors every week for her in her merit then. And then I continued making, and I always found that I had spare colors, and I was always trying to find someone to give my spare colors to. Mm-hmm. Then I got in contact with the DL Link and said, well, could I bake for you? And it was, how many would you like to bake a week? And it started off with two. And then, unfortunately, the amount of people in need increased. Increased, And then it was six colors, and then it was eight colors, and it's kind of reached the stage that Gabby will message me on a Wednesday or a Thursday and say, is there any chance we can have any extra this week? Hmm. And it's just such an honor to be able to, because the, the colors just baked with love, and it's something that I feel... I can do, I enjoy doing, and it's just such an easy way for me to spread love. Mm. And, I mean, my late mom passed away from cancer almost 18 years ago. And, you know, when I bake, it's in her merit as well. Mm. And she's with you, you know. She's She's with me when I'm baking. She's there when we're baking the honey together. right. Um, it's, it's reached the stage, I mean, my maid laughs when I start taking out the ingredients t- to bake. And she's like, okay, how many batches are you making this week? And I'll <laughs> often say to her, only two. And she goes, just wait. <laughs> just wait. <laughs> Let's take out more stuff. But it's like what Robin said, Rob Natan, you said. It's the, who's giving and who's receiving. It's like exactly what you've just explained. You're giving and you're receiving so much. And that's but what I it have, is with the deal link. It is receiving. Over because and over, for me, right. not to be able to bake for the deal link and give to the deal link, it would just be... So difficult oh. because it's such a special part of it's part of my Friday. Oh. I mean, Shabbos wouldn't be the same if I didn't. Part of your Friday, you make it a Friday of of love and warmth and meaning and all of that for a whole lot of other people. And there it is, the circle. You know, oh, I love it. Say. <laughs> yeah, oh, Michelle, you, if you want to heal yourself, heal others. Mm. And very, so, very true, Lance. You know. Very, very true. So Michelle's been listening and now very quietly. She hates to she hates to come on and sit in front of this mic, Samish. But I can't resist saying That's that I'm what actually I like. sitting in the presence of uh, amazing people in the studio. Mm. And I just want to thank Lucette for the ongoing commitment. Not a week, whether it's December, no matter what it is. Not a week goes by without Lucette's yummy, yummy colors. And I would actually like to say that we've counted and we deliver home-baked colors in one year over 2,000 sure. between Lucette's home and mine and to Lieberbaum Garden as well. Wow, wow, wow. And it just means we've heard from our beautiful friend Lana. We've heard what it means, and it means the world. And I just want to say to Robin, I remember all these things that she's saying so very, very clearly, but it does take a person to take the spark, as Robin did, and actually turn it into challah bags. Mm. For instance, last year, over a million women worldwide on the Shabbos project, because of Robin's initiation, actually baked challah. Mm. So it takes a person who can climb Kilimanjaro and who can swim Robin Island to the wharf in Cape Town, um, to actually make it work. Mm. So sometimes you've got to take it, you've got to take this. Not, we all have to take that spark and put it into action. And we all know that Robin is the most amazing woman of just putting things in action. And she actually, in her way, started the Dear Link by linking with Shithi and taking care of Dan and Kiki, our two beautiful grandchildren who were one and two at the time. And she actually set the foundation of what, what it means to link, what it means to take care. Mm. 
Hmm. And just to go back to Khala, last year, someone was in the Donald Gordon, and one of the nursing staff came to them and said, do you know a family? I don't remember the name. I can't, whatever. And she says, you know, they actually came to the room of their daughter and baked breads. And it was the most incredible energy. Mm. And, of course, it turned out to be on the night of light we baked both in HOD and we took all the ingredients and actually baked with Devorlea. But nine years later, a nurse in the nursing staff has never forgotten. And just in closing, I know who I bake with every single week, my helper as well. One week she says, Mummy, the chalas aren't going to be good today. I said, Annie, 30 years we've done the same thing, the same recipe, the same hands, the same ingredients, the same everything. What do you mean they're not going to be? Like she looked at me. She said, but we're not dancing enough. Um, so yes, uh, there is more to the challah than uh, just the staple flour and whatever. There is blessing, and actually, through those people who receive, just everybody should be blessed and it should be spread. Rob, happy birthday and Mazel Tov, my darling. <laughs> and you said thank you, and you should just be well and healthy, and come on and inspire us always, and teach us good mm-hmm. things, Lana and Nikki. See you in Jerusalem. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Mish. Thank Great, you, thank ladies, you. for coming onto the show. I'm so inspired. There's a there's a light inside of me that has been lit in the past hour. I have to say, and 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 I've been saying the whole way through the the show that I have an announcement to make. And well, Michelle just said it. See you in Jerusalem. You know, I love the DL link. You. I always talk about what a privilege it is to sit here every week to be a part of this that is so extraordinary. Mm -hmm. So to be able to go along and run in the Jerusalem, I'm not running, I'm (laughs) wanting. Walking and running, it's a wanting. 10 Ks and I need your assistance because I'm fundraising. So, you know, I'm pushing out of a comfort zone. I'm trying as hard as I possibly can. I need your assistance every step of the way. So this is all I need you to do is go to the DL link website and you'll see you have to click on the Jerusalem Marathon. A whole lot of runners will come up. You can choose any of them or you can choose me and just sponsor, donate because this is what the DL link does. They change lives. They support. They hold. They, they bring so much light into a place where there's a lot of darkness when you're facing those kind of challenges. So, oh, what a great show. Thank you. Thank you everybody thank for joining you. me today. And, and you, I hope that you've enjoyed it. I hope that you've walked away today with a few pointers. Um, I certainly have. From me, Nikki Seberini, until next week, do take care. Goodbye.